So for my talks here on Sundays this winter, we have been talking about the innate human attraction to stories of leaving the ordinary world, as you see up here in our diagram, for the special world. And a character leaves comfort and predictability and enters into something big and maybe sometimes scary, a new world full of dangers and trials and hardship and out of your comfort zone. But along with those things, also, a new world that is full of new friendships, new discoveries, higher purpose, transformation, all of the things we long for in life, spiritual fulfillment, they all come by pursuing that kind of scary, kind of on the edge of your comfort zone, special world. So this is the pattern of like so many of the hero's journeys and the fantasy stories that we all love, from Harry Potter to Les Mis, from... Finding Nemo to Lord of the Rings. I mean, this is, this is a story that's sort of like knit into humanity. It's just, oh, wow, that excites me. That feels interesting, and it grabs me, and it makes me feel alive. Because that's what these stories are. They're stories of people or characters coming alive. We've been uh, working this really uh, rich theological idea that I love. Uh, this is kind of the, the centerpiece of, uh, of our talks here, which connects this story of departure, initiation, return to uh, the stories that Jesus invites us to write in our lives with his famous encouragements to follow him, to be his disciple, to pick up our crosses and make his life a template for ours, to uh, seek the kingdom of God, his various ways of, of saying this. Jesus uh, most famously, I think, or, or maybe in, most poignantly put it this way. He said, truly I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. And there it is. Leave your ordinary worlds, represented here by your family of, uh, that, uh, that you come from, your culture, your status, your money, your possessions. Leave those things for the sake of a special world, which for Jesus is the kingdom of God, where life is shot through with God and with higher purpose if we can trust what we cannot see. It's also a life, as he says, shot through with persecutions, with trials, with challenges. It's not easy, but... Maybe it can bring us 100 times the amount, 100 fold what the ordinary world offers us. So, departure, initiation, and return. The story of so many things that just grab our hearts in pop culture. The story of Jesus, and maybe the story for us. Maybe it's not just for fantasy stories, it's for real life. So, I'm asking us to consider. What ordinary world is God inviting you to leave right now for the sake of the kingdom of God? That's what we've been thinking about. What is that? That is going to be a different thing for each of us. And as we go through the various discussions and various topics that Jesus brings up, the various images or stories or things that he says about the kingdom of God, as we do that throughout this series, we're thinking about what is the ordinary world for me? What is God inviting me to leave right now for the sake of the kingdom of God? Last week, we talked about consumerism as a major baseline part of all of our ordinary worlds as people who live in America. It's unavoidable. That is just a part of our ordinary world. 
Maybe your journey right now has something to do with you discovering the purpose and the freedom that is, you know, living a life beyond consumerism. Perhaps that, that connects with what we talked about last week. Or another question that we can ask is, what ordinary world is life pushing you out of? When that's the case, God is on the other side trying to pull us into the kingdom of God so we don't just fall into despair or discouragement. So some weeks back when I kicked off this series, I talked about life pushing me out of the ordinary world of my childhood when my mom got cancer and died. God was there to pull me into the kingdom of God, and that became part of the journey of me discovering prayer and spirituality and connection with God for the first time in my life. So maybe life has pushed you out of an ordinary world, and right now you maybe feel like you're flailing. God can pull you into something of the kingdom of God so that you don't end up falling into despair and discouragement. More recently, my journey has been helping to lead this church. When we first started this church, and still today, God, I feel, encouraging me to leave behind a small, safe life that doesn't challenge me, for a life that challenges me every week and sometimes pushes me to my brink. I love you all, but this job pushes me to my brink sometimes, you know? And so that I can grow, so that I can be shaped into a better person. That's the promise that has always been there. This shapes me into a better man, more of the person that I want to be. So I wonder if that sounds like it for you, some vocation or calling that pushes you to your brink, but also shapes you into the person that you're meant to be. Maybe it has to do with leaving behind the status quo of things you've always done, doing something daring like pursuing a dream or pursuing love and you never would have. Perhaps that's it. Maybe your journey right now has to do with leaving behind our ordinary world of patriarchy or white supremacy or something like that that's involved in our society at large, and you're leaving it behind to try and forge something that is more inclusive or better or that shapes you into who you're meant to be when the world keeps you living a small life. Perhaps that's your story. So what if we refused to bow to the fear or bow to the cynicism that tells us not to dream. That's what this is about. To not, what if we refuse to bow to the fear and the cynicism that tells us not to strive for our ideals because we'll be disappointed or because we'll be embarrassed or because it's uncool to be innocent and wide-eyed and it's cooler and safer to be hardened and closed off? What if we just didn't listen to those voices? What if life doesn't have to be just small and ordinary and the things right in front of us, but there is a kingdom of God out there inviting us in that is real. If we can trust what we cannot see, can actually bring the aliveness that we long for in life. That's what we're working in this series. And my specific question for us today, as we venture forward in our own journey, is who are your allies? So the band of allies, this is, a, this is core to every hero's journey, right? Every character on a journey out of their ordinary world into a special world, they find peers and guides and protectors. And these are not just like nice to have along for the ride, folks. These are like, you. it would be impossible for our heroes to accomplish their missions or to be transformed without these peers and guides and protectors. So let's think of some of our favorites. So 
Harry Potter has Hermione and Ron as his peers, among many others. He has Dumbledore and uh, Lupin and Sirius as his guides. He has Hagrid and his mother, and most intriguingly, Severus Snape as his protectors. Yeah, if you're a Harry Potter fan. Uh, Luke Skywalker has Princess or General Leia and Han Solo as his peers. And he has Obi-Wan and Yoda as his guides. And again, very intriguingly, he has his remorseful father, Darth Vader, as his protector. Fascinating, right? Or I'm thinking a lot about uh, Moana right now. Any Moana fans? Uh, my, yeah, Moana. My next talk on February 16th in this series, I'm actually going to zoom in particularly on Moana because I really love it. Uh, Moana has Maui as a peer. Uh, she has her grandmother as a guide, and she has the ocean as her protector, right? And she also has Hey Hey the Chicken, of course. So. The band of allies, right? The people who encourage us, who celebrate us, who guide us, who protect us, who stand for us along our way. Jesus began his public ministry by filling out his band of allies, the 12 who would follow him most closely, is a key part of the earliest uh, uh, records in each of the Gospels, filling out those 12. And then the dozens more women and men who would call themselves his disciples and follow him from town to town. And when Jesus sent out his disciples to further his message, he sent them out two by two, no one without an ally. The band of allies is key to every journey of transformation. So that brings me to my first takeaway for us this morning. Think again about what ordinary world it feels like you're leaving. What ordinary world you're being invited to leave or you're being pushed out of and God is pulling you into the kingdom of God. Think again about it for you and ask yourself, who is your band of allies? Who is your inner circle? So in my opinion, every person should shoot for having at least two people, not including a romantic partner, that can form a bit of an inner circle in your life. Friends who truly feel like allies in your journey. That's what I'm going to suggest to us today. At least two. Now, if a person or two don't immediately come to your mind right now, as you're thinking about, you're just kind of processing what I'm saying, then I wonder if this might be what is next for your life. If this is like priority number one for you. Because I think if you have this, if you have a really good, you, if you have two, you have a really good foundation in place to maintain the mental health and the resilience necessary to journey forward through the big journey for your life, through higher purpose, through being transformed. Because again, it comes with persecutions. It comes with trials. It comes with hardship. We need mental health and resilience in place to do that. When I think of the times in my life when it wasn't clear to me who my inner circle was, I felt perpetually under-resourced, like just always, at every moment, in a way that had actually nothing necessarily to do with me or my capacity. It's just that I, like every human being, need allies. I cannot do this on my own. And the same is true for you. If you have ever felt this way, you need deep friendships to share struggles with, to get encouraged, to get prayer, to feel celebrated by. So for me right now, my inner circle 
I, I currently do feel like I have one, whereas, where it's at least two people. I feel good about this. Uh, it's filled out through two different groups of guys. Not that it always needs to be people of your own gender. That just happens to be the case for me right now. First, I have two friends I've known for over a decade, and the three of us live and work in entirely different arenas, but we're all living very leaving the ordinary world for the special world lives, and we're all in the Chicago area. So we get lunch once a month to share our struggles and to encourage one another. And we keep up a text message thread in between, you know, just here's what's going on. I, I talk about leading this church, and I talk about trying to stand for progressive values in Jesus' name. That's what keeps me going. And my one friend talks about his political activism, and my other friend talks about his efforts to try to influence the organization that he's in, which feels static, but he's really trying to be a part of positive change there. Different but alike struggles. Different but alike visions. And so we have a shared struggle and a shared vision in this relationship. And those are the key ingredients, shared struggle and shared vision to allies. Shared struggle, shared vision. Second, I have uh, my every Friday morning men's coffee group through this church, actually. Uh, We're a rotating bunch. We're not always all there uh, every week, but having a somewhat regular touch point to share this is what's hard this week, and then have some people who I like pray for me. That is incredibly helpful to me in the week-in, week-out stresses of my life. So I feel very fortunate right now to have these relationships, to, have, to feel like I do have the allies I need right now. But there have been seasons where that was not the case for me. And I think it is fair to say that feeling like I have the allies I need in life right now is not the mo- it, it, that's not the common experience for most people. Is that fair to say? I have the allies I need right now. I would say that most people, most of the time, would struggle to sign under that, right? We want it, but it doesn't feel true. And so I feel really fortunate because in modern adult life, it can feel so difficult to establish these kinds of relationships that I'm talking about if you don't already have them. Establishing new friendships based on shared interest, that can happen right? Sometimes. That even can feel hard. But in general, that can happen more easily. But new friendships based on shared struggle, based on shared vision, that takes time. It takes intentionality. It takes vulnerability, right? Like putting it out there. That's hard. So this church does try to help with this as much as possible. We facilitate groups. My, I'm mentioning my Friday morning uh, men's coffee. It is open to new guys all the time, just FYI. And uh, we are also currently at this church in the process of launching some brand new co-ed and multi-generational dinner and prayer groups. And also, uh, if you're interested, a people of color gathering for discussing the challenges of participating in our predominantly white church and influencing our church to be more welcoming. So ask us about any of those. Ask me about any of those, or uh, later, later we'll have like a chance to fill out a Connect card. Ask us about any of those groups. We'd be happy to, uh, to help you be a part of getting those off the ground. And then in addition to groups, we just try to equip people here with language and space so it feels more natural and safe to be vulnerable, to, just, to try and have those, those hard conversations that actually lead to the relationships we're longing for, the ally relationships. A friend of mine who moved abroad recently, but who I met through this church, is a huge inspiration to me in this. His and my relationship started, like lots of others, through shared interest. Uh, But eventually, he found himself wanting uh, a friendship to be more, 
And so he said this to me. He said he was, he was very vulnerable. I mean, this is a model of vulnerability. He said, I'm going to put this out there, not knowing how you will respond, Vince, but I don't know if you want the same thing, but I would love for us to have a deeper friendship. You just put it out there. And he said, I want to be able to talk about the hardest things in my life, and I'd really like to be able to talk about that with you. And I, I did want that. And him being willing to be vulnerable and just share, like, I don't, I don't know if this is going to be reciprocated, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to take that risk, was enough to get us there. And now we no longer live in the same city, this friend, but he remains, I think, the best friend I've ever had in my life. So perhaps you feel helped by that, that model from my friend of being vulnerable. Or perhaps you feel helped by just being in this space. I really do hope that this is one of our hopes every week when we set up church at the Davis Theater every Sunday to have a space that can make vulnerability easier to try out, easier to step into. And so perhaps you feel some of that today. I hope so. But it's important to note that filling out our band of allies isn't a one-and-done process. Who your allies are will change and evolve over time, over the course of your journey, and that's okay. That is healthy. This is a key point that I want us to take away. So for eight years straight when I was in my 20s, I celebrated my birthday every year by hosting a broomball tournament. Anybody know broomball? For those of you who do not, broomball is the greatest sport on the face of the earth. So it is ice hockey, but with broom-shaped sticks and a ball instead of a puck. And here's the key. You're on gym shoes, not skates. So agility is out the window. And the greatest of athletes out there are brought down to the level of the rest of us. And do you know who shines when you play broomball? The gym class all-stars. This guy. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, never good enough for varsity sports, but you really liked playing team sports a little bit too much in gym class, right? This guy right here. I shine in broomball. That's why it's the greatest sport on earth. This is all about me. Anyway, I love doing this because it was, uh, it was this yearly thing every year for my birthday that brought together l literally like 30 or 40 of my friends from various circles of my life. So it was work friends. It was this was before this church existed. It was work friends. It was church friends. It was high school friends, college friends, neighbors, families who I play pickup basketball with, fantasy football league friends, friends of my wife, friends of friends who I didn't even know and they just came. And all of these people kind of came together. I remember recently looking at pictures from like the successive eight years of this broomball tournament. And there were a few people who were there for nearly every tournament, but the faces also changed every year. It was interesting to see that as I'm, as I'm following eight years at the, uh, roughly the same time each year for eight years. And I tried to think about, as I'm looking at these pictures, I tried to think like, who, who was my inner circle that year? Who were my allies that year? And what stood out to me was, it was different. A lot of the years, it changed. People came and went from what felt like my inner circles. I put myself back in the, the shoes of Vince from this year, Vince from this year. And all of that is okay. 
It's totally okay. It's totally normal and healthy for that to happen. If we are taking steps to journey out of our ordinary worlds and into whatever kingdom of God journey is out there for us, then we will likely be experiencing various transitions and changes in life, which will present us with different needs, maybe different places, locations, and therefore different allies along the ways. It is okay for someone to have been an ally to us in the past, but now no longer. That happens. And this can happen for any number of reasons. Sometimes the reasons are hard. Like sometimes it's like, you know, we really grew apart. Or this person changed unexpectedly. But a lot of times it's just, it, it's more innocuous reasons, right? Somebody moved. And despite best intentions to keep up that relationship, it's just really hard when somebody's moved, right? And you're, you're trying to keep up your relationship through social media, right? Like, Maybe it's just natural for somebody else to come on and be in your inner circle. So my second takeaway for us this morning is this. Resist clinging to past versions of your band of allies and trust God to provide the next season. So often we're in spaces where we need to do this kind of trusting. Particularly if you are lucky enough to have had a season of life as a young adult or as a child when there was really like rich community and deep friendships around you, it can feel hard now because it can feel like nothing is ever going to compare. And that may be true. Maybe nothing can compare to that thing you had when you were a young adult or when you were a child. But it's also true that you can still find the allies you need now. That's what's really important for us to be able to trust. It is not true that because something was so great in the past and nothing will ever look like that before that you can't get what you need now. You can. And yet, what we will likely experience in between past versions of our band of allies and new versions of our band of allies is loneliness. Loneliness is part of stepping out of your ordinary world, unavoidably. As Jesus said, we have to leave people in contexts that we know, that feel safe. In my ongoing story of stepping out of my ordinary world into my journey of helping to lead this church, I've gone through many waves of loneliness because my journey has meant that my purpose is to stay in one place. But the story of so many people who find their way into our church here in Chicago, Chicago's just a way stop on their journey, right? People are moving in and out of Chicago all the time for jobs, for opportunities, for risks. And then the next thing presents itself to them. And that means that I often get to make wonderful connections and get to help people grow spiritually and see them take really big life steps. And then I often have to say goodbye. And not infrequently, those goodbyes have been to people with whom I've grown deep relationship. And each time that happens, I find myself like clinging. Clinging to this past version of my relationships and my allies. Tempted to shut down Tempted to throw my hands up, like, oh, another goodbye. Ugh. I do find it hard to trust that God will continue to provide the allies that I need. It is really hard when you go through loneliness between the past and the new. 
There's this passage at the end of the fifth book of the Harry Potter series, The Order of the Phoenix, that moves me a lot, and I want to share it with you guys today. Uh, Harry's godfather and biggest father figure in life, Sirius, has been killed right in front of him. And Harry feels numb and alone, so much so that he doesn't even want to talk to his closest friends, Hermione and Ron, because he knows everyone will want to talk about Sirius. So he's avoiding everyone. And as he is avoiding everyone, he runs into one of the most odd yet gentle characters in the series, Luna Lovegood, a classmate of Harry's, whom Harry initially thinks, and we the readers with Harry, that Harry would also like to avoid. <laughs> That's where it begins. But then Luna says something that reminds Harry she also, Luna also, knows loss deeply. This character has lost a mother. And the way J.K. Rowling uh, writes this is just so gutting and beautiful. I want to I share it. <clears throat> that man the Death Eaters killed was your godfather, wasn't he? Luna asked. Harry nodded curtly, but found that for some reason, he did not mind Luna talking about Sirius. He had just remembered that she too could see Thestrals. And seeing Thestrals in the Harry Potter world means that you have seen and known death up close. He had just remembered that she too has seen death up close. Friendship forged by shared struggle forged by the shared loneliness of loss. And therefore, it's no longer loneliness. The ally that Harry needed in this moment was a role that only Luna could fill. It's unexpected to us as readers. It's unexpected to Harry, the character himself. But there was the ally he needed when he needed it. And it is the same in real life. In your kingdom of God journey, when you feel lonely, it will be hard. It will threaten to break you, to numb you, to ruin you. You will not want to go on. But then you will run into a Luna Lovegood. It's not who you will expect, but it will be just who you need. More than that, though... Luna, in this passage, to me, is a wonderful picture of Jesus. And I wonder if anyone else can see. A wonderful picture of Jesus' desire to be close to us, not only via other people, though that is often the way that many of us experience Jesus' presence, through other people. But this is a picture, I think, of Jesus' desire to be close to us himself, directly, via the Holy Spirit. The God Jesus shows us the God that we talk about and pray to and try to connect with here at this church is well acquainted with loss and loneliness. This is not a distant God up in the sky, puppet mastering life. This is the God who came to humanity in a human being and lived a life that included suffering and loneliness If anyone can build with us friendship forged by shared struggle, Jesus can. 
Jesus is the God who wants us to feel at our very core that we are not alone, who wants you to feel at your very core that you are not alone. So my final takeaway for us this morning is to consider Jesus among your band of allies. Let me ask again, what journey out of the ordinary world are you on? Whether you've made some sort of courageous choice to depart something that was comfortable, or whether you were pushed out and you're making the courageous choice to journey forward and not to succumb to despair and discouragement. These journeys will sometimes take us through lonely places, and loneliness is a terrible thing. And if you're in one of these places right now, I'm so sorry. Loneliness is a terrible thing. But when that is the case, I want you to consider that Jesus is one of your allies. If you have had painted for you a picture of who God is that is distant and requires you to jump through hoops to access, I want you to consider the picture of the God that Jesus shows us. Close, knows suffering, knows loneliness, knows the desire to give up. There's a lyric I love uh, from the hymn, Oh, How I Love You, Jesus, and um, it's, it's in our set today, so I hope it feels powerful to us as we sing. Uh, the, the hymn is by Frederick Whitfield, and he says, uh, he speaks of Jesus as the one who in each sorrow bears a part that none can bear below. Jesus is the one who in each sorrow bears a part that none can bear below. In my experience, that feels true. There is a connection and an understanding and a love that I, can, I feel in prayer from Jesus that not even my closest allies can provide me. Not even my closest allies. The people that I love, there's no shade on my closest allies. But there is a peace that Jesus can bear in our sorrows and our burdens that no human being can bear. And that, when you experience that, I think it changes you. And so I would love for us to have a chance to, to, to experience that today or experience something akin to what we're talking about, of being led into allies and led specifically into Jesus being our ally this morning. So would you stand with me? And I want to pray for us. I'll invite the band up to get set as well. You can leave your eyes open or you can close your eyes, whatever helps you to feel comfortable right now. Let me pray for us. Particularly, I want to pray right now, God, for those who are feeling loneliness. We are in that season right now. Jesus, come and be with us. Be with us in a way that even, even our, our most wonderful friends cannot be. Help us to feel your presence right now by your Holy Spirit. You, you, are, you are not just a, a God who lived long ago and has good ideas. You are alive today by your Holy Spirit. And, and we can feel a sense of you with us even now as we pray. So I pray that we could experience that today. That our hearts would feel lighter. That we would feel more hope. And that loneliness would dissipate. 
in the shared struggle of loneliness with you. You know what that is like, and we can feel your heart reaching out to us. So for anyone who is experiencing loneliness right now, I welcome you as we're singing together, as we're praying together, to feel your, your presence right now. Jesus is the one who knows loneliness. And I pray also for any of us who are on a journey. When, as we're asking this question, we do feel we have a sense of what ordinary world we have left or what ordinary world we've been pushed out of. And we are, we're trying our best to journey forward. Resource us right now, God. Pray that as we sing, we would feel the energy tank go up. I pray that as we spend time with the people around us, that we would be inspired as to who our allies are. I pray that none of us would leave today without some semblance of an inspiration about who the two inner circle people in our life can be. Even more than that, but at least two. That not one of us would leave here today without some sense of who are those people for me. We thank you for your heart for us, God. Thank you for showing us what you are like in Jesus, that you are not cold and distant. You are close. You are in solidarity with all of the challenges that we face in life.